Welcome back to the Australian Rotary Health Podcast called The Research Behind Lift the Lid. I'm Jessica Cooper and today on episode 43, we'll be having a chat with Dr. Nicole Riley from the University of Wollongong. Nicole was awarded a Jeffrey Betts postdoctoral fellowship from Australian Rotary Health from 2018 to 2020 for her project Prevention and Early Intervention for Maternal Mental Illness, a research program that will inform policy and clinical practice. This research was conducted at the University of Newcastle. Nicole's research focuses on improving our understanding of how pregnancy and parenthood can affect a woman's emotional well-being and how we can work together with consumers, cl clinicians and policymakers to achieve the best outcomes for women, children and families. A large part of this work involves investigating how we can best prevent and effectively manage depression, anxiety, and psychological distress in pregnant women and new mums. So welcome to the podcast, Nicole. It's great to have you. How have you been? I'm well, thanks, Jess. Thanks for the invitation to come along and share this work today and for all that you guys do at Australian Rotary Health. Yeah, no worries. It's really great to have you on and um, I know it was just recently that you completed your postdoctoral fellowship project and I know you've been very busy submitting research papers to a range of peer-reviewed uh, journals. Um, so how has that process been going for you? It's actually been going really well, I think, particularly in the last six months or so. I think the nature of a lot of the work that we do and the research projects that we undertake um, often have a longitudinal component to them, so it can take some time to collect data, um, years in some circumstances, including um, a core cool part of this work. So it's always really nice to get to this point where we're able to, to share our findings and to continue to collaborate with, you know, the clinicians and the other stakeholders that have been with us on this journey from the beginning. Yeah, I'm sure that would be really interesting seeing how things have sort of changed over time and that's yeah, right. Looking at that data. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like you, you do have a lot of findings to talk about today. But before we get into that, um, what exactly did your postdoctoral fellowship project involve? Sure. So um, the overarching goal of the fellowship really was to progress the program of prevention and early intervention research that I had been doing in the field of perinatal mental health. Um, so the fellowship goals itself back in 2018, when I started, there were really four main aims that I wanted to achieve during that three-year fellowship. Um, the first goal was to really examine a little bit more closely how much of an impact um, some of the key national investments in mental health have had for women who are having babies in Australia. Um, I also wanted to better understand how well or not well, um, particular aspects of our clinical guidelines are adhered to in practice in Australia. Um, the third aim was really about developing and validating a revised clinical tool um, to support clinicians and women to identify um, fact, risk factors that we know are associated with poorer mental health and parenting outcomes. 
Um, and the fourth theme really was about ensuring that I just continued to build those collaborations with clinicians and policymakers and consumers, um, not just because it leads to more timely and more productive outcomes, I think, but because investing in those structures at the very beginning just supports that exchange of knowledge going forward and it just helps us all work together to really drive that translational component of the work that we do, um, which I really think is at the heart of the work that all researchers aim to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's so important to be able to get it out there. and Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, as you said, um, yeah, like one of your main focuses was um, collecting data that informs policy and clinical practice regarding maternal mental illness. Would you say that, that you have um, what you have found in your research will be useful in these contexts? Yeah, I certainly hope so, <laughs> Jess. I think um, part of the work that we've been doing, a core component of it really was validating a revised version of the antenatal risk questionnaire. Um, which is the measure that's recommended for use in the clinical practice guidelines here in Australia. We needed to revise that because there's been changes to um, some requirements in the guidelines and also at a policy level to ask more explicitly around um, domestic violence and substance misuse, for example. So some of this has already been sort of embedded in clinical practice for a really long time, but it was about updating that tool to better reflect the requirements um, that are now current. Um, so that's been really useful. We've been able to embed that tool um, in the e-maternity database um, at the Royal Hospital for Women in Sydney. So that's actually being used routinely now for women who are booking into the Royal Hospital for Women and it's been really successful. So that's been... Great. Um, and we've got quite a series of papers coming out in relation to that now too. So it's always nice to back it up with some peer-reviewed evidence as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that, that's great to hear that it is being used out there. Um, and that's yeah, successful. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I guess as well, um, do you want to tell us a bit more about some of the, the findings from your research? Anything that really, um, yeah, you found important? Yeah, sure. So... I can talk a little bit more about the ANRQ, but it's also sort of important to go back a step, I suppose, and if I just work through each of the four aims. Mm -hmm. So we really wanted to use some national data to better examine whether or not um, women who are having babies are using more mental health services, for example, among a whole range of other outcomes. But for that particular piece of work, we collaborated um, with the Australian Longitudinal Study of Women's Health, um, who I've worked with quite a bit over the last 10 years or so. They've got such a rich and unique um, source of longitudinal data for the country. They also have amazing capacity to link with administrative health data sets, including um, MBS. So we were able to look at changes in women's um, uptake of MBS mental health items, for example, um, for this particular study, which is currently under review, but I can still share a little bit of what we found. So we were able to show that women having babies in New South Wales um, between 2007 and 2016, their use of those items increased threefold from about 4% to um, over 11%. And we were able to compare those rates to the rates of women who hadn't given birth over the same time period um, and we, we found that the rates of increase for perinatal women 
were double that of, of non-perinatal women. So it sort of suggests um, that all those investments that are targeting perinatal women are having an impact at that service use level. Um, we were also able to use some of the longitudinal study to look at um, whether or not key aspects of the perinatal mental health guidelines are being adhered to. So a lot of this was based on self-report data because there's limitations in the capacity of the nationally collected data to answer some of these questions, unfortunately, um, although that's changing slowly. Um, but we were able to show these remarkable achievements really over the last um, two decades. So we were looking at data from 2000 to 2017. And we were able to show that over that time, the proportion of women who were never asked about their emotional health during the perinatal period decreased from 40% in 2000 down to just 2% in 2017. So it's just an enormous achievement for the country and just testament to the hard work and advocacy that all those people before me that have invested their energy in this space um, have achieved over that time. I think as well, that particular study though, did also show that um, around 20% of women, so one in five women still aren't receiving uh, what we'd consider best practice clinical care. So that's really asking about their emotional health during pregnancy, as well as in the postpartum. So women are being, you know, 98% of women are being asked at least once, but one in five women are not being asked both during pregnancy and postnatally. So there's still some work to do in that space, um, obviously, um, but it's not unachievable given how much has been achieved to date. Um, the work that we're doing with the antenatal risk questionnaire has been really um, useful and just really timely, I think, because the clinical practice guidelines are coming up for review in the next couple of years. Um, so it's just, it's always good to sort of conduct these studies with those types of processes in mind and make sure that we design studies that are sufficiently rigorous and will be included in evidence reviews that inform those guidelines and that type of thing. So we've been able to look really closely at um, the psychometric properties of the tool. We've been able to show that it's really reliable, um, it's valid, it's highly accepted by women and the midwives who are caring for them. Um, and we've been able to embed it in a broader model of integrated perinatal mental health care um, at the Royal Hospital for women that's working really well in practice. Yeah, well, it sounds like, yeah, there were a lot of good things that you found from, from all of these different components of your research. Yeah. It sounds like you yeah. might be able to, um, yeah, move that towards making real changes, which is it's great to see as well. Yeah, but it's, it's been a huge team effort, though, I think. It's, um, it's funny, the fellowship was awarded to me, but the work really has been a team effort. Um, and it's such a nice opportunity, actually, just to sit back and reflect on what we've been able to achieve in those few years so yeah it's great yeah well it is great that, that you are yeah here today sharing those findings and I'm sure the the Rotarians who support this research um, will be really happy to hear about yeah the real changes that that, that those research findings are making so yeah that's really great um, I, I guess um, do you think there might be any other implications um, because the postdoctoral fellowship um, it's generally focused on preventing mental illness um, early on 
do you think it might have any implications in terms of prevention? It's certainly in, in the work that I do, um, which is really focused on those public health approaches to prevention and early intervention. I mean, the ultimate goal of um, not just depression screening, but broader consideration of a woman's psychosocial circumstances is really to prevent, to identify some of those risk factors and prevent any progression into um, any type of distress or poorer mental health outcomes. So that's absolutely the goal of the work that we do. I know um, that there's been, we've been able to conduct reviews that do show that there's been um, great improvements where there are systematic programs in place that are well-resourced, um, you've got well-trained staff, um, and a champion and someone who invests their energy in those programs um, at a side level have the greatest success, I suppose, in improving outcomes for, for women and their families. Yeah, great. Um, and so if someone listening to this podcast felt that they might need some mental health support during pregnancy or in the early days, weeks or months after birth, um, are there any interventions available for them to access now? And if so, where, where can they find them? That's a really good question. Um, and hopefully there are people listening <clears throat> that I can help in this space. So most women at this particular time of their lives have contact with health services in a way that is quite unique. Women... Um, presenting for antenatal care, for example, are seeing primary healthcare professionals much more regularly than they do at other times in their life. So it's a really unique opportunity to engage with those services. I'd encourage women or their partners um, to speak to their midwife or their child health nurse or their GP, a health professional who they know and trust, and just to have um, an open conversation with them about how they're feeling there's a lot of other resources in Australia at the moment. Panda um, has a national helpline, which is such a reputable source of support now. It's been operating for a couple of decades. It's grown enormously over the last 10 years or so, and they provide a lot of peer-led support for women and men and carers. Um, there's an increasing number of online programs as well now. There's... Um, quite a few that have been developed by um, researchers and clinicians here in Australia. There's Mum Mood Booster, um, which was developed by Jeanette Milgram and her team at Perry. There's Momentum, which was developed here in Sydney. Um, they're both uh, brief online CBT interventions. Um, the Gidget Foundation is doing an amazing amount of work at building clinical services in this space. They have a growing number of face-to-face um, -face operations now across a number of states, but they also have a telehealth service called Start Talking, um, which is available nationwide, I believe. Um, the Centre of Perinatal Excellence has an e-directory now where women can actually just jump online, um, as can the uh, health professionals who care for them, and actually sort of put in their postcode or whatever it might be and they can locate services that are in their area um, or telehealth services that might be well suited to them. So there's lots of opportunity out there to access 
support, which is fantastic. Yeah, well, thank you for yeah pro providing all of that information. I'm sure it'd be very helpful for, for anyone out there who might be experiencing that. So, yeah, thank you for that. Um, I guess, um, you know, in terms of what's next on the agenda for your research, um, is this research an area that you're continuing on with or are you looking at any new directions? I'm still continuing on with it. It's like the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? I think I've still got quite a bit of work to finish off from the fellowship. We, um, particularly the work that I was doing around the ANRQ, that was embedded in a larger project that we were conducting called the PIPA project. Um, and we're still finishing up um, some of those series of analyses and papers. So we're... Uh, Included in that, we're looking at different tools for screening for perinatal anxiety. More specifically, there's still a bit of an evidence gap there around which is the best brief measure to use at this time. Um, we're looking at the cost effectiveness of the people model of care versus um, usual care here in New South Wales. Um, I'm still doing lots of work with the longitudinal studies. So we're looking at generational differences in mental health outcomes for women over time. Um, we're looking uh, also at um, predictors and patterns of self-harm preconception and then during the perinatal period and following um, birth. So there's lots of things going on. I'm based here at ASRI now at the University of Wollongong. So there's lots of opportunity here. By chance, they're doing an evaluation at a local health district level, um, looking at the local perinatal uh, depression screening and psychosocial assessment program. So I've been really lucky to be involved in that. Um, I've also been invited to review and revise um, the Safe Start program, which is the statewide um, perinatal mental health policy and guideline here in New South Wales. So I'm working with some colleagues from Western Sydney Uni um, and the Parenting Research Centre on that work, which it's such a privilege to be a part of that. And we've consulted with, I think, over a thousand people so far this year. So it's um, a really important piece of work and sits really nicely in that first 2000 days framework that underpins so much of um, the work that's done here in New South Wales. So it's great. That sounds like, yeah, you're keeping very busy at the moment and it's good to hear that there can be so much more that you do with that data um, yeah. as well. So yeah, That's, that's right. Um, and, yeah, as, as I mentioned before, many of our supporters are Rotarians and it's always important for them to see what kind of impact their donations and fundraising has. I, I guess could you explain what kind of impact their funding um, may have had for you personally as a mental health researcher? I don't think I can fully put into words the impact that it had for me, to be honest. I think it's such a um, competitive space trying to get postdoctoral fellowship funding. Um, and it's provided me with an opportunity to, you know, there's those really tangible metrics that are important for some things like increasing, you know, the number of publications and funding awarded and the number of PhD students I can supervise and things like that. But it's sort of more than that. It actually provides a level of confidence um, and, a, you know, a validation of the importance of the work that we're doing um, together. So it's, it's really about just 
supporting me as an individual and helping me achieve some of those goals from a career perspective. But, you know, really what we're doing it for is for the women and families who are having babies in the country. So it's just really nice to be supported in those endeavours. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's such important work and, yeah, it's great that there are researchers out there like you who are engaging in this sort of work. So, yeah, thank you as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> I guess as well, if someone was thinking about donating to youth mental health research today, is there anything that you would tell them to convince them that they're making the right decision? <laughs> <laughs> I could tell them lots of things. <laughs> I think, um, you know, I think all of us that work in this space really do it because we believe that if we are able to intervene early, then we're improving outcomes, not just for women, but for their families and for the children of those parents. I think, you know, there's quite a body of work now that shows that there are some, um, you know, less optimal trajectories for children of parents who are suffering from mental health issues, but I just so strongly believe that those outcomes aren't inevitable. And if we um, work together to support these families from the very beginning, then we'll improve outcomes for everyone across the board. And I think that applies not just to the perinatal mental health space, I'm sure it applies to the work that people are doing in youth um, and adolescent mental health as well. These are the future generations of the country, there'll be our future leaders, our future teachers, nurses, all of those people. And I think we just need to support them as best we can um, as a community. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, yeah, where we, where we really focus our funding as well, just on that early prevention and intervention. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I'm very grateful for the opportunities that it gave me. Well, that, yeah, it has been really great to have you on the podcast today, Nicole. And I, I guess, was there anything that you'd like to add before we wrap up? No, other than to just acknowledge all the work that you do just behind the scene and, so you know, and all the people at Australian Rotary Health. I think, you know, not-for-profit organisations like ARH are just so fundamental to the mental health landscape in the country. And I think um, the work that you do you know, I don't want it to go unrecognised. So I'm very happy to share um, with, you know, my colleagues and the community more broadly just what an important role your organisation plays in supporting mental health for Australians. So thanks so much. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much again. It's been great to have you on. Thanks, Jess. That was the 43rd episode of our podcast called The Research Behind with the Lid. It's always so inspiring to hear what researchers in Australia are doing to make a difference to mental health and how they are helping us on our mission to lift the lid on mental illness. If you can, please support important mental health research like Nicole's by donating on the Australian Rotary Health website. Thank you for listening. Please join us again next time.